guy who runs the show for the Hawks. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. And today, we're talking with someone whose journey led them from liquor sales to Coca-Cola to Turner Broadcasting to CEO of the Atlanta Hawks. And if you're wondering who that sentence describes, it's, of course, none other than Atlanta Hawks CEO Steve Coonan. Uh, Steve and I chatted about so many different topics from potentially another All-Star Weekend coming to Atlanta to the future of cable and streaming of sports, obviously a hot button issue right now, to sports betting, another super hot button issue, to how the Hawks are doing. Um, Steve is pretty blunt and also has a really, really great sense of humor. And I honestly think you guys are going to really get something or glean something out of pretty much every single minute of this interview. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so let's dive into my conversation with Hawks CEO Steve Coonan, which we actually did at the home of the Hawks State Farm Arena. Steve, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Oh, I'm excited. I was hoping I would get invited on this great podcast. You barely made the cut, you know? <laughs> I can understand that. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> so I have to ask you, I've got so many things to ask you, like all all over the map when I was prepping for today. But one thing that I have to just get out of the way, because I think a lot of people are curious about this, myself as well. Obviously, the last time Atlanta had the All-Star Game, it was not super all-star e, you know, like the general public couldn't really come in. You know, it was done it was done well. You know, you had healthcare people there, but it, it obviously wasn't, you know, like your typical all-star weekend. So um I know that the calendar is booked a little bit in advance, but what can you tell me about where you guys are as far as, you know, wanting to bid for an all-star game, wanting to to maybe get one? Cause I know Adam Silver has said that you guys earned some, curried some favor with how you guys handled it last time. Yeah, I, we have every intention of cashing that check. Um, <laughs> and in giving it thought, looking at the landscape, what I really want to target is 2027. And I'll tell you why. It sounds like a long way away. Mm-hmm. But we're doing this incredible project across the street from our building and from Mercedes-Benz called Centennial Yards. Mm-hmm. The Gulch. The Gulch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, And so the plan is to build the Gulch into this incredible live, work, play. And by 2027, it should be substantially done. Mm -hmm. So how wonderful would it be that you can go to a concert over there? You can stay in the 
fabulous hotels over there. All the restaurants and bars will be open for fans to watch the game or participate in some way. So we think 2027 is the ideal timing, and I have let the NBA know that's what our interest lies. And if a lot of the things that the city is talking about, like the World Cup in 26, this would be a beautiful accompaniment to it. Wow, that sounds epic. And obviously, Hawks principal owner Tony Ressler has been uh, super involved in that. How have you guys, have y'all talked about, or how do you think that could influence I, I don't want to just say the fan experience because obviously something like that would not just be limited to, you know, Hawks games. I, it would make it more of a, there would just be so much to do downtown. Well, today we're almost a point to point destination. You mm-hmm. get in your car, you come to a game, you experience a game and you either go out after or you go home. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we've seen around the country and you've seen it even up the street at the battery is that the, the development becomes part of the character of the city mm-hmm. and it becomes part of the game experience. So we believe people will come down a couple hours early. People will be living downtown. So if we have three to 5,000 departments downtown, now you have grocery stores, now you have Home Depots. So you're really changing the fabric and then you're inviting more people to come experience downtown. Mm-hmm. People don't really think about it. There's 22 and a half million visitors to downtown Atlanta each year. And if you and I wanted to go have a drink after this today, not a lot of places. Mm -mm. So we're going to fix a problem. And I don't think necessarily Hawks fans are going to move downtown. But I think as we've targeted and talked to and tried to connect with next generation Atlantans, wow, I can live downtown, I can work downtown, I can walk across the street to a game or a concert. I think it's going to be incredibly motivating. And it also, with the street pattern we're planning, will assist with traffic. And if you can make traffic better and parking better, you've solved half the problem to coming to a game. Atlanta traffic is not anyone's first, is not anyone's definition of ideal. I don't think so. We think we can resolve a lot of that with this development. So We want to showcase it in 27 with All-Star. We do think it will have a significant impact on our area and our city. So I've got a, I've got kind of a big picture question for you. And I know you're involved in so many different things around the city. Um, Went to UGA, as did I. Go dogs. (laughs) I gotta, I gotta ask, did you ever picture yourself being an NBA CEO? And like, how did you... How did you get here? I pictured myself being a liquor salesman. (laughs) That was my aspiration coming out of school. I worked in liquor stores, and you got to remember back then it was 18. So I worked in liquor stores all through school. Mm -hmm. And when it was a quiet time, I would read all the periodicals. I'm a voracious reader. I would read Wine Spectator. I'd read all the, the trade magazines. And I really wanted to do that. And I got out of school, and I went to work for a great company called National Distributors, which is still in business and a big client here. And through a whole bunch of fortuitous events, I ended up meeting the people at Coca-Cola. And this was right at the time that um, the bar and tavern business was really getting a lot of pressure from Mothers Against Drunk Driving and so many other kind of illumination. It's so obvious now, please don't drink and drive, but nobody really talked to it or marketed it before. So I pitched Coke on 
becoming more involved in the program and got hired to manage that and then worked there for many, many years and had 13 different jobs in 14 years, but all in the marketing vein. And literally at the opening of Phillips Arena, which is now State Farm Arena, where we're doing this conversation today, <laughs> um, I ran into the president of Turner. Mm -hmm. And he said, we've just finished all of our strategic planning and cable television is getting ready to explode. And all of these channels need to be branded. Mm -hmm. Ours are called TBS and TNT. They're not well-defined. And cable operators are saying, I know this is a long-winded answer to no, a question. No, actually, you're perfectly setting up like about 10 of my next questions. Okay. So please continue. I apologize. <laughs> but help us build these into brands. And I was an unusual choice for a TV network because I wasn't a programmer. I, I wasn't necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, the, the obvious candidate, but that's kind of been my whole career. And I went made TBS a young comedy brand, very funny. TNT, a drama brand, we know drama, which was code for television that touches your heart and mind, makes you think and feel. And we really differentiated the two networks, which allowed them to grow. So we grew from about a $1.7 billion business to an $8 billion business in 2014. And I was having dinner with a gentleman and his wife who owned 1% of the Hawks. And he said, the commissioner has told us we need to hire a CEO. Could you help us go find one? And I looked at my wife and I said, what about me? He said, come on. I said, television's evolving quickly. I, I've been a season ticket holder here 27 years. And to run a professional sports team in my hometown where I'm a native is like, and become an owner is too good to be true. And so I did it. And... Um, coming up on eight years in the next couple of weeks. So it's been an incredible ride from having to solve a race crisis to selling the team to meeting Tony Ressler and seven incredible seasons with him with, I think, the best arena in the league, the best practice facility in the league, and I think the best owner in the league. And I, I definitely want to ask you about your relationship with Tony, because I know you guys have talked about, both of y'all have talked about how it's not just about, you know, the product on the floor, that's important, but obviously, and I know you've got like such a background in marketing and everything like that. Obviously you guys um, turned State Farm Arena into the biggest polling place in the state. Yeah. Um, I believe it was not that long ago that uh, a big loan was underwritten by, the biggest loan underwritten by a black bank. Um, I guess, why is it so important to the both of you guys to be, how, how much does that community aspect mean to you guys? Well, it means everything. It's the main reason I took the job mm -hmm. was because I believe sports can bring people together better than any policy or politician. And I believe sports has a little bit of magical powers because it's the one thing you're all cheering for. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> That doesn't happen that often. Like you and I are dogs and, you know, we've got our little code, go dogs. And I, instantly that's the connection. Right. And so Tony's values line up very well with the Hawks values and we try to personify them and they candidly fit very well with mine. And it's about becoming a community asset. You know, no disrespect to the past, but when the Hawks were bought by Ted Turner years ago, it's inexpensive programming. 
So the connective tissue to this market was never grown. Mm -hmm. And I was a kid. I went to Braves games. I went to Falcons games. I went to Hawks games. But the Braves were part of Little League. The Braves were part of so many other things. And the previous ownership group really didn't connect. Mm -hmm. There was $14,000 in the foundation budget when we got here. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's one of the big, that's one of the big things that you'll hear from, I think fans that like the, just that connection was not built up from the start. Correct. So we kind of inherited, inherited. (laughs) I invent words on this podcast all the time. I've never done that when I like it. Um, We'll keep it. (laughs) You're welcome. A 46-year-old expansion team. Mm -hmm. So you look at what the Atlanta United have done. It's been nothing short of brilliant. They got into neighborhoods. They were flying flags before they were playing football. Yeah. You know, they, they did a great job. And we needed to catch up fast. So the first thing we did was we built 28 courts throughout the the city and we built them in underserved neighborhoods that candidly nobody could accuse us of commerce we weren't going to probably sell a season ticket but we did it to create a base and and to send a message to these communities that we care and we could get in the car right now and drive around and see those courts they look as good today as they did six seven years ago because the community takes great care of them and when COVID hit it gave us a natural base to go create pop-up grocery stores mm-hmm. and, and, and to bring good things to the community. And so with that success, we like to, there's, grants are incredible. Giving money away is great. But bringing an idea and a service is bigger and better. So voting, empty building, you know, and you and I had spoken about it before, empty building, heat of COVID, Hard, hard, hard to go vote, hard to feel good about voting. We've got 700,000 square feet and 300 incredibly young, technically savvy employees. Mm -hmm. And every one of them will say it was the best, including me, most rewarding experience I ever had at my job. And so we believe that you have to create three concentric circles to build a great team. And one is on the floor. That's important. But you're not going to win every year. You're not going to, you're, you're going to have highs and lows. The second is you need to be a leader in the community and, and have a voice and stand for something and make the community a little bit better. Because we take from the community, we have to give back. Mm-hmm. And then the third is to create the best experience possible. So going to a game is a great night out. We're not competing with the Braves and Falcons. We're competing with your TV at home. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, we're competing with restaurants. We're competing with everything. And that's why we focus so much here on food and cocktail and experience. And knock wood if there was some around. <laughs> it, knock it, on the couch. Knock, knock on a velour <laughs> couch. It seems to be working mm-hmm. because we've been number one in guest satisfaction, guest experience three years in a row now. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank each and every person who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com because it is what makes all of this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Okay, now let's continue our conversation with Steve Coonan. So obviously the Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. This year they're about a 500 team. From your perspective, how does that kind of affect the business side? And also just without asking you to be a, a scout or get into the X's and O's, what are your thoughts on the product on the floor uh, this season? Well, look, it's a little confusing. It's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. You have the same team. Same coaching staff, virtually the same everything. Right. And you have a different performance. But that's one of the things that I think that happens. People forget we're still the third youngest team in the league. And when you're the hunter and nobody plans, I remember there was a um, Twitter conversation that became public between Carl Anthony Towns and Ben Simmons. They were playing video games. Mm -hmm. And I think Carl Anthony Towns said, I got to get I got to stop playing. I got, we got a Hawks game to, tomorrow night. Oh, you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and Ben yeah. Simmons says, you can keep playing. It's the Hawks. Right. Right. You know, right, right. a lot of superstars rested, a lot of sure. superstars rested a lot of that didn't happen this year. Mm-hmm. And then I also think what happened to us in COVID was horrific. I mean, we lost 10 games, you know, and we played by the rules. We carried extra players. We did everything right. Not saying others didn't, but we didn't have a game rescheduled in our account. Yeah, you had and rescheduled on other people's accounts. I but... flew to New York Christmas Day <laughs> right. to see our College Park G League team play. Right. You know? Yeah. That was tough. Mm-hmm. And we lost a lot of games. And if you look, and we split those games, and we split the games we, I would say, lost leads in the fourth quarter, the eight games. We're, we're nine games over 500, and we're in fourth place right now. So that's how... The variable of luck in sports, if you said, what is your single biggest learning in almost eight years? Luck. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we ended up last year playing the Knicks. One win or loss either way by either team. We're playing Miami. It's on NBA TV and nobody sees us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're playing in the Mecca and Trey goes crazy and we're on primetime and broadcast television. Then we go beat the number one seed. Then we play Eastern Conference Finals and except for a misplaced referee's foot. Who knows? I'm looking for Mexican restaurants in Phoenix because we're flying the whole staff out there. <laughs> right. Seriously. Right. I talked to most of the Mexican restaurants in Phoenix um, <laughs> trying to plan, you know, for our, for our staff to go. So that's how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. So when we got hit with bad luck with COVID, we got hit with some 
this year. It's just been a different year. But I love our players. And, you know, I trust Travis and partner with him. And I'm excited to see what we do. How, how have you seen, as a business, how have you seen you guys handle the return to quote-unquote normalcy since that has since that has settled down and then the the league as a whole um, as well. I mean, pretty much everybody is for the most part vaccinated, boosted, that kind of thing. And it, it feels pretty much, I mean, you're, you know, playing in packed arenas and everything, but I'm sure the business side probably, you know, took a hit when everything was so empty. Um, how have you seen you guys and the league kind of handle the, the return to normalcy? So this year we will have record earnings, record revenue, mm-hmm. huge growth. As you said, we're playing 500 basketball. You've been to the last few games. Mm -hmm. The crowds have been stunning. I mean, standing room only every game till the end of the season. Because even when we lose, we're pretty fun. I mean, 128 to 126 is an entertaining game. Trey Young's a pretty good marketing. Trey Young is a pretty good marketing marketing asset. Yeah. The the alley oop, and, uh, you know, our our guys are fun to watch. but it's the experience, the experience, the experience. So our business is incredibly strong. We went over 10,000 season tickets for the first time in the history of the franchise. This season? This season. Mm-hmm. And we're on track, doing great with renewals. And we have wait lists for every seat on the floor. And all of our clubs are sold out. And again, we make it more about more dimension. Sports can't be about just wins and losses. You have to put more. And whether it's our voice on social media or what we do in the community or the experience of coming here, we want it to all create more value and more fans. And we're being rewarded because people are showing up in record numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one thing a lot of fans, not just in Atlanta, but around uh, around the country with a lot of different teams is um, TV deals right now. Um, you know, I think, it, I think it's the, the nuggets that like people can barely watch them on TV. Yeah. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Valley sports Southeast is not on YouTube TV or like the, they're not on Hulu, Hulu, mm-hmm. YouTube TV or dish. Okay. And you're talking to a TV wonk. I so know. You'll I have know. to pull me back if I give you too much. Oh, no. Please nerd out. Okay. <laughs> All three of those sell on one dimension, price. Mm-hmm. And sports is expensive. Mm-hmm. How much do you think of your cable? Do you have cable? Uh, we do. Okay. But my, my husband set it up. So right. <laughs> I'm not going to How much do you think you pay a month for ESPN in that cable bundle? I honestly don't know. Probably a good bit. It's over $10. Okay. TNT's next at a little over two. So that's a giant delta mm-hmm. between the two. Well, the Bally's channels are expensive because mm-hmm. it's sports, yeah. Braves, football, Hawks. And so when you're selling on value, Hulu and YouTube started with them on at an introductory price, move their price up and then drop services. It's like there's less Doritos in the pack today also. And so... The bad news is significant number of young people aren't able to watch our games on their home cable video system. Mm-hmm. The good news is starting in the fall, Bally's will be streaming the, our games as part of the Bally's app. So for a monthly feed direct with Bally's, 
you'll be able to watch our games again. So that's something we're going to promote to our fans and encourage our fans and hopefully maybe even be able to create discounts with Bally's for our fans. But um, the TV business is so rapidly changing. Mm -hmm. When I started at Turner, we had 59 million households paying us monthly. When I left, we had 101 million. And today it is 76 million and declining rapidly back to 59. Mm -hmm. So most industries don't see stepping back 25 years, mm -hmm. you know, in, in how their product is out in the marketplace. But a better alternative has come in streaming because cable TV, the genius of it, if you're on the programming side, the side I was on, what else do you buy a hundred of a month that you don't use? cable TV channels. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, I wish we had time for a quiz because if I said to you, name the 10 TV channels you watch, you're going to struggle getting close to 10. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, I mean, honestly, just like sports pack, like a sports package or something, right. which is, you know, again, probably about half of what we pay for. Right. But, but how often do you watch TLC? How often do you watch VH1? How often? Right. You're paying a for them. A lot of it is probably stuff like that is probably more streaming. Exactly. You know? Now it is. Now it's what was always called a la carte. Right. Let it, no, you must buy breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks from us. Right. You know, now you can buy just the snacks. Right. And so it will impact sports, but then you see the large national deals, the NFL just didn't, you know, a $112 billion deal. Mm -hmm. And that'll go up when they do their Sunday ticket. Mm -hmm. And the NBA, I think, is in great position, both nationally and globally, to see a significant raise. And then local television is challenged and something, you know, that we work on now. Mm -hmm. our, our contract's not up for quite a while, but we still work on it now. What do you see as the the future of fan engagement and that could even touch you know how people view games um i think i've seen some people talk about i mean you know a lot of like younger people now are more on and this isn't even like my generation this is even younger of you know tiktok and like a lot of it is social media and getting um and i guess some of that might add up to maybe what i would call brand loyalty or something like that I, i'm not sure um but how do you kind of view the way people will consume stuff with the the team well it won't be the same as it is today right. that i will tell you right the idea of a 19 year old sitting down and watching from tip to whistle at the end right isn't probably going to happen right so i do think there are some powerful engagement tools coming i think sports gambling is one of them I was, I literally, I'm not joking. I have written down sports gambling. Well, so that's our next topic. It's very, I'm not sure when this is going to drop. Tomorrow but, morning. Oh, well. We're recording this Thursday. Okay. Um, sports gambling will be on the docket at the Georgia legislature very soon. Mm -hmm. Virtually timed when this comes out in the next few days. And 34 states have approved it. Mm -hmm. It needs to be approved in Georgia, and hopefully it will, because gambling in Georgia now is a billion-and-a-half-dollar industry, mm -hmm. all done in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Calvin Ridley, a couple of weeks ago, got yep. exposed for gambling. Yep. If it wasn't because he gambled legally, mm -hmm. they never would have known that mm -hmm. an NFL player was gambling. Mm -hmm. And because it, he was gambling on a, through a legitimate app, it was flagged and he was caught. Mm -hmm. 
and that's all we're talking about is get it out of the shadows, put it into the light and collect tax on it. Mm -hmm. But we also believe that gambling is an important engagement tool because it's not like the back of a barber shop 30 years ago. I'll take the Hawks minus seven. <laughs> you know, it's will Trey Young hit a three in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. And it's micro bets, a dollar, two dollars. Mm -hmm. And it's all done through your phone. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, you know, it, off-track betting parlors popping up all over Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think that is a major engagement tool that's coming for younger generation. There's a company called Buzzer. I don't know if you've heard of mm -mm, them. No. For 99 cents, you can buy the last two minutes of a game. Interesting. So they're pretty nascent. It's an app. Mm -hmm. um, they just made a deal with FanDuel that if you have a bet on the team, it'll give you a prompt and tell you your teams in the last two minutes and you're winning or losing. Mm -hmm. But I think things like buzzer are going to be, I think people will buy the last two minutes of a basketball game. Mm -hmm. For us, it's figuring out how do we create the gamification? How do we create broadcasts that play around the world? This is truly and soccer, the two global games. Mm -hmm. And so in the U.S., I still think, look, I'm always going to subscribe to cable. My peers are going to subscribe to cable. Your parents are going to subscribe to cable. So it's going to be a combination, not an absolute. Mm -hmm. But I think a combination of streaming, a combination of just-in-time, a combination with highlights on TikTok, a combination. I mean, how cool would it be? We have 35 Intel cameras in the building. I can watch an entire game through Trey Young's eyes. Mm -hmm. from that perspective. How cool would it be to go on Trey's Instagram and watch a game? Right, right, know, right, right. For right, $2.99. Right. And a lot of the social media stuff, that's where a lot of younger people are going to now. Yeah, and I think the innovation has to happen. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, shame on us. I mean, one of the things that I work on and really are focused on is Hawks 2.0. We needed a new arena. We needed a great practice facility. We needed a G League team. We needed, you know, to reinvent downtown. Those mm -hmm. were called the core four, and we checked those boxes. Mm -hmm. How do we play in the NFT space? We did launch some NFTs last I week. I saw those. A huge success. Man, I still, I wish, I wish I knew what an NFT was. I, you can, like, own a digital, you can own... Yeah. So artwork I, I sound is like original. a grandma. I'm 27, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know I'm old enough to be your grandma, <laughs> and I'm explaining NFTs to you. So the world is pretty funny. I know. It's just tilting. Think of it as a piece of art. Okay. Yeah. The Mona Lisa. There's an original. And there's a million photos of it. Right. An NFT is the original. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Non-fungible token. Mm -hmm. So our design department created 40 different Harrys. Each one unique. That's right. And we had an auction. All the money goes to our foundation. Mm -hmm. We had an auction for the NFTs. Um, and we did different pieces, meaning we did some that were just the artwork. We did some with a $500 Hawks um, gift card for swag. And then we did another with Hawks experiences. So go to the airport to wish the team goodbye, be in the layup line, those kind of things. Right. What we found out was the artwork is what people wanted. Hmm. And all because most of the bidders weren't from Atlanta. They were global. And wow. so it was really fascinating. And mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, barely scratching the surface of what we can learn. But NFTs are all 
done on what's called the blockchain, which is a digital ledger that shows who owns it and who's touched it. So now, for example, maybe we do NFTs and tickets together. And I think you might see that for our last game, that if you come to the game, you're going to get a very special NFT. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure our PR people have just had a stroke if they're not standing behind me. <laughs> That's because they stroked out or they got bored and left. One of the two. <laughs> Maybe we're boring them. I we've got so. an audience, so, just so if y'all know, for those who are listening, we've got a little audience this we, time around. <laughs> who are making faces, I'm sure, my back's to them. <laughs> but it's all about inventing those things. It, it could be NFTs that are part of what engages people and mm -hmm. unique art. So the world has got a lot of possibilities and a lot of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I've got just a, another question or two for you because I know I can't keep you all day. Um, how I, This is something I'm really curious about, the dynamic between – how do you work with – because I know Travis, obviously GM Travis Schlank does like the basketball ops side. You know, you're more the business guy, obviously, Tony. How do you three, like, work together? What's the dynamic between you three? Like, do you have a meeting and it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do this week? Like, how do you guys work together to make this thing go? So it all comes back to Tony empowering us. Mm -hmm. um, we we talk to Tony. Travis talks to Tony a lot more than I do. Mm -hmm. um, he has trust in what we both do but the basketball is more of a living breathing organism mm -hmm. than we do we meet you know monthly um phone conversation or zoom we have board meetings quarterly mm -hmm. with m multiple owners because tony's in california right for the most well, part he's in atlanta or is he bi-coastal uh, bi-coastal and mm -hmm. he's everywhere <laughs> um and it, it's really understanding what everybody's lane is, mm -hmm. you know, um, knowing what you don't know. I could never do Travis's job. I never make a suggestion. I never make a, um, a trade idea or anything like <laughs> right. that, but I'm part of the process because we talk about both the financial, which I run the financial for the company, mm -hmm. as well as he'll say fan popularity or marketing mm -hmm. and, he will. I'll ask him because he's been with Miami, with Golden State, with first class organizations. And, you know, those are really what our conversation is, along with, you know, we want to do this because part of being a season ticket member, like this weekend, we have a season ticket member event where they'll meet the team, you know. And so there's a lot of those kind of coordinating those type of opportunities. And Travis and I will do a lot of chalk talk to our season ticket members and take them inside of what we're doing. But it's, um, it's there's a really good course of communication um, between the three of us. And then we do a business plan every year and we do a budget every year and we update that and we, you know, report on that. So Tony has a tremendous amount of businesses that he's an investor in, and he will tell you he's surprised at how much attention this requires, mm -hmm. more than he ever thought. Um, but from where he and I sit, it's agreeing on what we're going to do and then going and doing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully, I think this year's been, a, like I said, a very good year from the business standpoint. Hopefully, every year will continue to be. But as we reinvent the business, those are conversations where he brings so much value from other companies and other industries mm -hmm. that really, really help us. 
Well, and like you mentioned, everything with the goal, sure, I guess, Centennial Yards now. And so for the All-Star stuff, which that would be 2027, hopefully. Hopefully. When do you put that bid officially in? I actually don't know the specific timeline. When do you put that? Neither do we. So you don't know when you put it in or when they would like potentially say yes or no? Well, I mean, we've already started making phone calls. We're not going to wait to do a bid. Sure, sure, sure. Wait until the day of. We're we're going to politic the hell out of this Yeah. Yeah. So... But I mean, I would assume we'd know in the next year or two, okay. you know, usually it's about four years out. Right. And 2027 sounds like, you know, so far to me, but it'll be here in the blink of an eye. 2022 still sounds kind of fake to me. I, I couldn't agree honest. with you more. <laughs> it sounds so fake. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Last question for you. Sure. How, how, I guess, unique is it, but also special for you to get to do all this where like and more like where you're from you know and where you where your roots are you know being a UGA guy getting to stay close well it's interesting this is the most complex difficult job I've ever had Mm -hmm. and I've been fortunate and had some significant jobs Mm -hmm. and the reason is is because we're so many businesses within a business Mm -hmm. we are you know we feed we're one of the largest restaurants in the city under one roof we want more people than any place but the airport. We're in the music business. We're the fifth largest music venue in the world right now. State Farm Marina is? Yeah. Wow, I did not yes. know Yes, Polestar 2021, f- number five in the world. Now, I think as COVID has receded, we'll probably be in the top 10. But we have a huge music business and concert business. We have um, a big media business. We have a social media business. We have retail on a global basis. So it is unbelievably rewarding to be able to learn at my age and my experience something new every day. But as an Atlanta kid, there's many nights when I've gone home with my wife, my partner, and go, you're the CEO of the Hawks? (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, it's a pinch me type thing. But my point was, these aren't sports teams. These are large businesses now, and you need business people. So they they kind of crossed the Rubicon a few years ago when they became multi-billion dollar assets Mm -hmm. to this is a hobby, nice, fun thing to do. This is a real business mm-hmm. that's worth a tremendous amount of money that the greatest part about it is that you're able to really connect with people throughout your community. Think about it for a second, because you're a perfect example. <laughs> there are two significant publications who cover us on a daily basis. There are four broadcast television stations who have a news, a sports report multiple times a day. There is two cable networks dedicated in Atlanta to Atlanta sports with ballets and bloggers and on and on and on. At Turner, which was massively bigger than this, nobody knew who we are. Nobody really cared who we are because you were just business people. Mm-hmm. So sports has this whole patina around it mm-hmm. that is so different that... Um, got that heart that personality people care about it like they care about it Mm -hmm. and you know our jobs to to leave it better and do everything we can for the city whose name we wear on our chest Mm -hmm. 
And one of the things that I love every time I go into the building and I see everybody wearing Hawks merch, that's one of the most gratifying moments of my life because when I was coming to these games, they weren't, you know, many, many years ago. So it's a dream, but it's a job, you know, and hopefully we bring a championship here because I think riding in a parade in our hometown with the Larry O'Brien trophy would be the greatest day I could ever dream and imagine. That would be the pinnacle. <laughs> thank you so much for sitting down with me, Steve. My pleasure. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much to Steve for coming on the podcast today and giving us such insight to the business side of the Hawks. Obviously, we talk X's and O's a ton on this podcast, but it's also fun to see the other side of it, which is actually a really big side of it, the business side, the money side of it, the marketing side. And obviously, there's pretty much no one better to talk about all that stuff than Steve. So very very thankful to him for giving us quite a bit of his time. Um, real quick, we recorded this on Thursday afternoon with the Hawks set to face the Warriors Friday, the day this episode comes out. So you're probably listening to this Friday. Uh, the Hawks lost to the Pelicans Sunday, beat the Knicks Tuesday, sort of an emotional high on Tuesday, then lost to the Pistons Wednesday, playing shorthanded on the second half of a back-to-back. And uh, although that's not really a – a great excuse for that loss because they were still definitely the better team. Um, but a loss there and just nine regular season games to go. So we'll see what they can do with it. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share all that good stuff. And we will have another episode for you Monday. And thank you guys again for listening to the Hawks report from the Atlanta journal constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.